0: You know, I can I can explain what I went through, but um, again, I don't know what made them think they
1: needed me to. All right, so, so then, how about this? And how about this? Then let me let me let me paint the picture for the audience, and okay, then just do that. <laughs> and then and then you and then you tell us um, how you experienced it. Welcome to the Reclamation Podcast. My name is Aldo Martin, and I'm Cousin Eddie, and together we're going to explore what it's like to be in. And leave a religious cult. For more info on the Reclamation podcast, find me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Aldo B Martin. You
0: know, I can I can explain what I went through, but again, um, I you know, don't know what made them think they
1: needed to. All right, so, so then, how about this? and how about this? Then, let me let me let me paint the picture for the audience, and okay, then
0: <laughs> and then and
1: then you and then you tell us. Um, how you experienced it, right? <laughs> just think of it as, just think of it as, just think of it as, you know, the weatherman, he's at the map and he's telling you what's happening. This storm is impacting this city and that city and that city. I'll be the weatherman. And then Kathy will be the reporter on the street who is being doused with the rain pellets as the storm hits. All right. So the Church of Christ began... Many, many years ago, we're going to go to the 1860s, maybe before that. Okay. That's Church of Christ. So then, fast forward into the 70s, they have this movement where you got some people of the Church of Christ that are not committed, quote unquote. So then, in 1979, <clears throat> this one guy who's a member of the Church of Christ says, You know what? This church is dead. It needs a revival. We got to do this. And so he begins his his movement in 1979. And from there, from there, the mission is to make disciples of all nations, but have churches of only committed disciples. Like Mm -hmm. you can't, you can't have, you can't have a hundred people in your church and 50 of them be true disciples and 50 of them be uncommitted disciples. Nah, you all got to be committed or get out. Mm -hmm. But while this is happening, there are other churches of Christ In different cities around the country. So, the leader of this new movement is approaching these already established churches of Christ and is saying, Yo, get with the program, Mm -hmm. for lack of a better term. Get with the program. And wants to now reconstruct the organization of the church and the hierarchy of the church and make his movement the central movement Mm -hmm. or the central leadership Mm -hmm. of the Church of Christ, right? And then in 1993 or in the early 90s is when the term the International Church of Christ was birthed, Mm -hmm. right? So before that term was birthed, he's already galvanizing different churches of Christ around the country to join his movement and adhere to his policies. Mm -hmm. And so now we have the word reconstruction. Where it's, he's trying to rebuild this And one of the places that he wanted to Reconstruct was in Indianapolis In which a young lady from Ball State University Got baptized in a 4000 degree hot tub <laughs> <laughs> And she's traversing An hour and a half every Sunday To church So what did this re- Reconstruction look like for you As a troop on the ground
0: True, exactly. It, it um, so instantly they started the leaders started studying the Bible with everybody. Everybody went through all the Bible studies. Again. Yes, there's a the series of Bible studies that I had to go through all of them again. It's kind of like a re-up just to make sure you're really committed to everything and the every it's almost like a performance evaluation, right? Like you have this little checklist to do. And so um, somehow it was deemed that I didn't really didn't have what they called godly sorrow i don't know if you explain that to cousin eddie godly sorrow mm-hmm. <laughs> for my sins mm-hmm. um we went through my sin list and i wasn't um repented enough or sorry enough for my sins and so i truly didn't have godly sorrow probably the first time and so need to get really godly literally broken about my sins and even when I was studying the second time, it took me like a while. I was like we don't think you're broken.
2: Jesus. And, um, so they're determining this, not you feeling. Yeah. This. Interesting.
0: And, and I just remember just and, and we were I mean, it's just so crazy. We read this story about what happened to Jesus when he died on the cross, like he suffocated and he bled and the and the knife going through him and all this medical account to help us be
1: have this true sorrow for what Oh, I- oh, oh, to be convicted that. There goes that word.
0: Yeah, no, they use that. A lot. I mean, it wasn't convinced. So I was reading over the medical account of the cross so I could truly be sorry for my sins. That's how deep it had to be. Um, So finally, I was felt truly, 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 in tears, sorry. <laughs> About my sins, and then got baptized in a cold lake. So there, I got the cold water too. Oh man! <laughs> in in November. So. Oh my
1: God! Hey, you guys got a hot
2: tub around here or something? <laughs> Didn't have a hot tub at
1: that time. Wait, 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 wait! You said you got baptized in a lake. Mm-hmm.
0: In November. It wasn't.
1: It wasn't. It wasn't Lake Minnetonka, was it? <laughs>
0: indianapolis i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) Nah,
1: because because that was that was that was the lake uh in uh what was the name of that movie was the prince movie purple rain Uh, (laughs) purify yourself in the lakes of minnetonka or whatever it was (laughs) (laughs) so So, were you the only one that had to get re-baptized or was it everybody
0: no Please. <laughs> no, there was I don't know how many, but there were several of us that had to re up, you know, redunk. Yeah. So
1: it's it's almost as if, it's almost as if all of you guys were church members, mm-hmm. right? Uh, baptized disciples. It's almost the only analogy I can think of is you get your bachelor's degree from a certain school,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then here comes another school saying, uh listen, that degree you got doesn't count. Yeah, that's void. You got to do this again.
0: Exactly.
1: You, you got to take English Lit again. Sorry. <laughs> you know. So that's exactly what this is. Dr. So, ev- <laughs> and so everybody did this.
0: A lot of people. Yeah.
1: Mm. So <clears throat> that leads me to this. Right. Before we get into your how you left the organization, because the way that you left the organization is unlike. Mm-hmm everybody else it is unlike before we get to that i just need the audience to understand the way kathy left the church of the international church of christ was unlike any of us have experienced unlike before we get to that kathy did you notice or when did you begin to notice some red flags some thing, or did you ever notice red flags things that made you say mm, i don't know about this
0: yeah that's a good question um i I went through I was thinking about that and i I remembered distinctively being in my apartment in my bedroom thinking something must have happened. I think it just started building up where I felt like I wasn't being enough or doing enough. It was always like as you guys i think talked about like the stats like how many people are you reaching out to your um Yeah, the the, the
1: business model. The business model model of it. I mean,
0: what are you doing? Something happened that made me feel like I just wasn't enough. Or maybe it was somebody pointing out sin in my life. It Always something made me feel like I wasn't good enough. And I remember thinking, it was about a year before I left that I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to, but I don't want to go to hell. And if I leave the church, that was like the only two options to me, right? Because that's what they taught us that all these other churches aren't doing like we are and and they weren't visually like I could see they're not doing what we're doing. I didn't realize because we were in a business model. So I thought, yeah, that church is, you know, this and that, but, so I thought, I do not know what other church I could go to. So my, my mind, the only options were to stay in the church or leave the church and I would be going to hell. And I got really upset about it. I was in tears about it. Um, And then, um, I don't know if I share, I don't think I share with anybody because you can't really say that kind of stuff. I think you just kind of let it, you just kind of hide that you feel that way.
1: That's right. That's right. You have to hide it because if you, if you bring that up to anyone in the dynamic, it's almost like, it's almost like um, the book 1984, if anyone's ever read 1984 or even The Giver, which is similar to it. It's a society where everyone is spying on each other. Seriously. Mm -hmm. And, and if you were to say something contrary, you'd get confronted on it mm-hmm. with the person who who you told this to, mm-hmm. but they would also bring in somebody else, right? They'd also bring in, now you have an audience to this dissenting comment that you've made, which really isn't dissenting. It's just, it's a question. But instead of going through all that uh, nonsense or all that trouble, you decide to just internalize it and keep it to yourself. Is that right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a... um, what. Yeah, there's, that's a pattern for me that I recognize now. Um, so that's another thing we can talk about, just patterns. But um, that was a pattern from my childhood of not not speaking your truth, of what, how you really felt, not being able to speak your truth. This wasn't permitted. It would be criticized. It would be gaslit. You know, it would be knocked down as being foolish or nonsensical. Excuse me. Yeah.
1: Okay. <clears throat> so. I guess we can get into it now. So now you're in Indianapolis, and Kazané, this is this is the weird one, right? So in 1994, in 1994, actually before 1994, I I joined the church in 1995, and I remember my discipling partner at the time, discipling partner. Remember your your mentor or your your supervisor in the company. Um, I remember we were talking and he said, he said, Hey man, listen, don't fall into sin. You know, I don't really know what that means, but mm-hmm. he said, don't fall into sin because you don't want to become like Indianapolis. And I said, mm. I said, wait, wait, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? He was like Indianapolis. I'm like, who in Indianapolis? He's like now nah, the whole church in Indianapolis. Mm. I'm like, the whole church? What the hell are you? Th-? In my mind, in my mind, I'm like, what the hell is going on in Indianapolis? Is everybody running around naked? Like, what is going on? I don't I don't know. What what do you what are you talking about? <laughs> is it like, is it like 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 a is it a nudist colony? What is this? What is Right, right, right. And he just says, just don't do it. And then he says, because the whole church in Indianapolis fell away. Mm. I was like, what? Now for it, in case you, if this is your first time here in our program, the term fall away in this church is equal to dead. And I am not exaggerating. Mm-hmm. I'm not exaggerating because when you leave this organization, you're dead to them. You're going to hell and they want no contact with you. And that's real. And if there's anybody who disagrees with that, you know where to find me on Twitter. Come see me. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, so that's the impression of fall away. It's the equivalent to dead. It's a tragic thing, and you'll and, and and we we see it as a betrayal. Like if you were if we were if we were in this church together and you fall away, it's like yo you betrayed us. So it's it's a it's a deep thing. So this concept that this entire church in Indianapolis fell away was mind blowing. And that was the story that was told to every church member about Indianapolis. But Kathy, you were there in 1994. Were you involved in a nudist colony? What was going on in in 1994 over there? Please tell us.
0: Oh, boy, we were, we stripped down for sure. We stripped down some, uh, some stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 man, go ahead. Well done. Well done. Well done.
0: <laughs> All right, let's say our minister did. He stripped it down, and I saw it, and I was like, wow. Um, when when you
1: say he stripped it down, you're yeah. talking about the leader, the evangelist now in mm-hmm. the Indianapolis Church in 1994, what did he strip down? What happened?
0: You know, he just the facade of everything. He he bared out the truth of, of what was really going on. And um the, the I think the tipping point for him was a thing called special contribution that we collected. And and Chicago told him what to, his church should collect, like the amount. And he said, I can't do that. I've got a lot of senior citizens, like a lot of college students. Mm-hmm. Go
1: ahead. I'm sorry. So for the audience, and Cousinetti, she mentioned Chicago. So again, the business model, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the business model. So in her region, in the Indianapolis churches region, Chicago is their motherboard, right? Mm-hmm. Chicago is is the place that they report to. And then Chicago then reports to uh, Los Angeles, right? Which is where the headquarters were. Mm-hmm at least at that time. So Chicago is is important for Indianapolis because not all the churches had a report to Chicago, right? Um, And also she mentioned special contribution. Every church member was required to give, you know, a a monetary contribution to the church weekly. I don't think that makes it a cult. I don't think that's, that's, that's not ridiculous. I think that's, it's, it's feasible, it's reasonable, and it's done everywhere. So it's not a, um, you know, it's not something exclusive to the ICOC, right? But there was something called special contribution in which you had to give 14 times your weekly amount at least once a year, right? So if somebody gave, I don't know, 100 bucks a week, then you had to give, you know, 1,400 bucks or 2,000 bucks during special contribution. And this money, uh, allegedly, because I don't know, Allegedly, the money was going to fund um, um... private trips for some of the VPs of (laughs) sales. You see, I was going to say missions, right? I was going to say, you know, planting missions to go plant a trip. But I guess that is a private trip to Honolulu. (laughs) <laughs> with with the with the v i p because not everybody was able to go, so yeah, that's what these things were funding for for whatever reason, and so here is the uh 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 the evangelist at kathy's organization or kathy's uh, branch of the i c o c and he's calling into question special contribution. did I say too much kathy? I don't
0: think so go ahead no. Um, yeah, that's my understanding of it. I mean, it's been so long, but that's my understanding. He, and he just, uh, he didn't, he just started coming awake to some things that this isn't, they, they didn't like that. He was putting his foot down. The who's, I, who's
1: the, they, who didn't like that? Yeah,
0: the Chicago Chicago didn't like that. He was saying, I can't give this amount and I should, I'm the minister of this church. I should be able to have autonomy over my group and I no longer have autonomy and I'm the minister of the church. So he started to, um, I guess, you know, in the eyes of them is rebel. And, um, and then, so, so then that created a problem. He he was labeled divisive because he was no longer going along with the program. And there's a scripture that says have nothing to do with a divisive man. So that created a whole bunch of stuff, but he then met with his whole church to say, I can no longer be a part of this, and this is why. And so then people are making decisions whether they're going to stay with ICOC or go with Ed and start a new church with him and the leadership. Because the leadership at the church was supportive of him.
1: Okay. So. <clears throat> okay. So here in 1994, the evangelist of the Indianapolis Church of Christ gets up on a Sunday and... States his position for why he does not want to be associated with the International Church of Christ anymore. Mm -hmm. So then he asks for a vote. Is that right, Kathy?
0: Yeah, I don't know if it came down to a vote. I think it was just kind of like your decision. We'll be here next Sunday. Whoever wants to be in this building, we still haven't rented it out for a little. (laughs) So uh, for the rest of the month. And so it was just kind of like you get to decide.
1: You get to decide what?
0: who you want which church you want to be a part of
1: and what were the two options
0: ICOC or uh, it's called Circle City Church
1: okay so here's this guy laying a a, a drawing a line in the sand saying hey you could stay with this group or you could be with the International Church of Christ now can can I say something here I,
2: I find this part a little interesting because we've heard about situations like this before um with the ICOC, where there's a break off, and it feels a lot more like uh,
1: something more to do with the letter
2: and, you see, and the, the shakeup.
1: But I'm, I'm glad, hold up. I'm glad you said that because mm-hmm. the letter is 2003. Right. But this, but those, this is 1994. So this but, is way before the letter. But, the, but those situations feel um similar though no well no 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 i would
2: say different in the sense that they they feel they feel like they have the same um kind of uh what's the right term unethical um path to say you know what icoc um you know we're gonna break off because we can do it better Uh, so if you guys want to come with us, that's cool. And uh, you know, why don't you just come check out the service? And uh, you see how we are better than those guys? Where what's interesting about about Kathy's story here is that this guy seemed to have some sort of an ethical stand where it was like, I I do care about the people in this church, I can't put them through this. So it, it felt like the other the other stories sounded more like uh. Cool kids, we're gonna start a better group. This one sounded like this guy's having kind of an in, in inner turmoil about uh, you know, the, the executive VP of sales Chicago is going, Hey man, you're not hitting your numbers. And this guy's going, uh, that's kind of not what this is about. So and, and, and,
1: and in essence, he's saying, Man, fuck your numbers.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 the guy, and the guy's essentially going, Okay, we're gonna have to let you go. And this guy's like, all right, I'm going to go start my own business. I don't know. It just feels a little different. Where, Whereas the story that I remember hearing was, um, I can't remember who it was that was asked to go out. And they were kind of spying on this person leaving the ICOC and going to the new. That was Dr. Melton. Yes. And and going to the new group. And it, that one felt very nefarious. It was like. It was like. uh Hey man, don't don't worry about that. This is gonna be way better. You know what I mean? Like we're we're much cooler over here. You know, like I don't know. I could be wrong, but uh, they it, it just feel a little
1: different. So, so Kathy, you tell us because you were there. So this was 1994, and did you get the impression that this evangelist from Indianapolis that he was trying to promote? a new movement or a better way of doing things or was he just saying i'm not doing that i'm doing this over here if you want this mm-hmm. come on down if you want to leave with them no hard feelings mm-hmm. what, what what would you what was the tone of of this uh, of this time
0: yeah i think that's important to talk about in fact i didn't go anywhere for a couple of weeks i was just kind of had to sit with all the information cuz it was a lot I mean, you, you're in this, you are knee deep, waist deep into this movement for five years now, six years, I guess, six years for me. And all of a sudden, you just, your illusion of it just was blown to pieces, right? And so I didn't even go to church for two weeks. And and um, a good friend of mine who went to, itch, went to the new church said, hey, I just want to give you some space. So I wanted to let you know, that's why I've really been calling too much. I wanted to give you some space. So it was the first time that you really had a choice. So when you're in the ICOC, there was never felt like you had a choice of what you could do with a lot of things in your life, right? Who you could date, how much money you could give, I mean, just roommates, right? Things that you guys have discussed. So it was the first time in six years I had a choice. So I didn't go anywhere for two weeks. So yeah, I think that the new church was not, um, yeah, I think it was a new breath. It was definitely a new breath. It wasn't um, a sales job. It wasn't.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh I, I think I think I think that the story that you're a part of in this time of the ICOC, I think it's an important <clears throat> I think it's a very important thing to discuss because a lot of former members of the ICOC and current members of the ICOC believe that the letter of two thousand three was the turning point of this church and was the only the only situation of its kind. But I would like to argue that. There was a letter in 1994 in which there was somebody who was who was detailing what was wrong with the church, and the difference is there was no internet. That's the difference. This was an isolated thing, and then the ICOC was able to control this narrative with information, right because it was it was limited, right We had, oh man, we had something called KNN. KNN. I don't know if you were around for KNN, Kathy, but cousin Eddie, we had something called Kingdom News Network. Mm-hmm. There's some listeners right now that are they, somebody's wearing a hat right now, and they just took it off and threw it across the room because they're like, "No, he didn't just say that." <laughs> so KNN was 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 a was a monthly video newsletter. <laughs> that was your CNN. <laughs> yes. It was a monthly video newsletter with two anchors, right? Two anchors. And they would sit there very, very news anchor style. Hey, Kathy, how are you today? Oh, I'm great, Aldo. In this week's news, God is movement in the country of Ivory Coast. Let's take a look to see what's happening in Ivory Coast. And that was our propaganda. And they would show this to us, you know, once a month on a church service. And we loved it. In the audience, we'd be like, "Woo, yeah, all right, I want to be on CNN next." You know what I'm saying? When's CNN going to interview me? So that's what it was. So we, and I'm going to say we because I was a member of this. Okay, we control the narrative. We control the information. And at the time, Kathy, if I'm not mistaken, does Upside Down the magazine ring a bell to you? Oh yes. <laughs> Ooh, girl. Please tell us about Upside Down the magazine. Go ahead. (laughs) Next time on The Reclamation. And she was one of the people that all of us, all of us labeled as a rebel, all of us labeled as a sinner, all of us labeled as a betrayer, a turncoat, a fall away. All of us labeled her that.